Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. This is the OKS Hunter Podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks, because that's just me with a freezer. It's your tag, you hunt how you want. This is OKS Hunter. Hey, welcome to the OK Center Podcast. My name's Eric. We got it's the old Eric and Derek crew tonight. The old Derek and Eric coming at you with the one-two punch. Greg is out dealing with some stuff. He's good. Everything's fine. But he couldn't make it tonight. He wishes his best to all of our listeners. Um, we're in the OKS Hunter podcast studio. We had our friend Josh Dutton here last week. Not to be confused with John Dutton, but he feel, I feel like he carries <laughs> the same presence. He's got some like, swagger like that. It's pretty intense. He's a big man. Uh, but Half Rack is our presenting sponsor, so shout out to those guys. I forgot to update something that I'm working on. I, I didn't do one last little bit of it. Big announcement coming from Vector Custom Shop. If you uh, have been on social media in any capacity today, um, you will have seen that they have officially changed their name um, to Method Archery. There's a method to the madness. <laughs> and yeah, there is. Same exact company, same exact people, no change of ownership, nothing like that at all. Uh, they just had run into somebody else that liked their name also and were like, well, well then we'll change ours. And, uh, you know, I think you can get more of that story from those guys if you care to. But Vector Custom Shop uh, is now, this is going to be hard. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to F that up a lot. I'm going to have a really hard time I've been, saying Vector. I've been working with those guys since 2020, I think. With so, the podcast? Yeah. Back when we were Where to Hunt, we were still working with those guys. When Isaac was here in studio last, I think he looked up my order number. And I think I was order number 88. When they first started. Oh my gosh, the yeah. Order, which is pretty cool. That's so now Method Archery. That's crazy. Yeah, I can't find one for it. It's going to be very distracting for me. So I'm just going to not put our sponsor screen up on the on the thing here. But I'll do it for two seconds so I don't forget everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so there'll be a... Because I made Isaac go through all these hoops to give me the, the logo. And I updated it all in, in uh, Illustrator. But then I just forgot to upload it put to it my... Here. To my restream here. Well, it'll be ready next week. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about it. And if you listen to podcast, podcast line, you know. Um, so the method archery is interesting because Latitude is another one of our partners, Latitude Outdoors, and and uh, they have the method saddle. So the the word method is just going to get tossed around here a lot. Like, what method do you use? Are we talking about arrows? Are we talking about saddles? You know, um, we're going to be so confused now. But yeah, and it always takes change. Always takes me a minute to to process because you. It's like if I move the garbage can in my house, I'm going to walk to the spot where it was every time for like ever. I won't ever like learn the new pattern. And uh, if my wife is listening to this, she'll know that when she moves my things around constantly, which I'm <laughs> sure other people can write to, and I'm sure I move hers, but when she moves the stuff around and I go look in that same spot, yep, yep where's my method? <laughs> there we go. Yeah, Method Man. I think Method Man is now it's like a, a soap company. The Method. I think I've seen it at Target. Method Man is a rapper. There's Method Man, the rapper. There's a lot of methods out here to, to yeah, talk about. But they, they made it look pretty cool. I like the yellow. They're, they're working on their logo. Um, their websites, uh, let's see what that website is because I think Isaac sent that to me also. Um, no, I don't want to open AOL. What is that? Is that a thing? Do people still have AOL? Is your hotmail going off? Yeah, it's methodarchery.com. There we go. And, and it's you, all the same product, same arrows, Yep, just a different name. Yep, so it says Vector Custom Shop, opening soon, uh, we'll be back soon. So basically their website is down while they rebrand and reconfigure everything. So they got a lot of work ahead of themselves that they got to take care of to go through that transition. They have like, you know, all their arrows are branded, Vector as you can see up here, and 
so on and so forth. So I'm sure that's not uh, an easy thing to navigate or to go through, but they're going to do just fine. And yeah, so um, Spartan Forge, SpartanForge.ai, by the way, OHP is now live for half rack. I'm bouncing around a lot, but we talked last week we didn't have one. So you can use code, code OHP and it's going to get you 15% off of their product. So please go use that to save yourself some money. You can also go to half-rack.com slash OHP, and I think then the discount is just automatically kind of there. So whatever your preference is, um, same thing for Spartan Forge. Use code OHP. The way that works with those guys is you have to uh, go to spartanforge.ai, sign up, use the code, and then go download the app. And when you log in with those credentials that you use on the website, you'll your discount will be there. On their website you got to go to, right? Go to the website to use the discount code and then go download the app and sign up that way. But they also have their free version. So you don't need to go paid. If you're not really sure how you feel about it, you, Oh, I heard about this Spartan Forge app. I see all these, you know, like hardcore hunters using it. Like, is this really all it's cracked up to be? I sure you it is. And, uh, and then you can upgrade from there. So if you go to upgrade again, if you want to get that discount, it's to 20, 20% off is what we got for. I'm, I'm, I hope I'm saying that correctly. I had tried the free version before I bought just to check it out because you hear about like how advanced the mapping is and how good it is. And even in the free version, like you don't, I don't think you get that one version. I don't know if it's the Lambda map or the one where you can change. Lambda where you can look at past. But even the one that they have that's the free version is still like way better than what competitors are. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, holy crap, there's a better version of this? It's crazy. And you can, and that doesn't even include, like it's so interesting that they started with deer movement predictability. And they got that better than anybody because it's data back through, you know, track deer tracking collar stuff. And I never fully anticipated their ability to outperform the juggernauts that have been in the space for so long. I don't know if it's because small gears are faster than the big ones. With the mapping application? You're yeah, because they're outpacing everybody on the 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 technical features. Like, I they're, I, I don't, like, the the proximity of, like, the topo lines. The five foot lines. Yeah. Now they have that slope angle. The slope angle. They have like the deer movement, like projection, like where it may travel to. Like they're just doing so much so fast. And and I don't know if it's like Bill's like militant background as a intelligence officer in the the army intelligence, like where he was tracking terrorists. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if I track the terrorists, I'm going to find these freaking deer. No. And so whatever, I, I say all that to say like they are, so advanced that you'd be remiss to not even go try the free version. I mean, it'd be ridiculous to not try it to go look. Um, I, I remember I had one that I thought I was going to say with that, but just oh, if you if you so this is a this has been a pain point. Oh, but Eric, I have a thousand pins on Onyx. I'm married to that platform. I'm not going to leave it behind. You can transfer those pins over to Spartan Forge. Uh, I believe it was um, uh, DIY uh, sportsman. Yeah, I'm trying to. Drawing a blank. It's been a very busy day. Um, Der- uh, Prawl. Ger- Garrett, Garrett Prawl. Prawl. There it is. My brain is slowly getting there. Had done a video on how to do that. So he has a tutorial that will walk you through it. So if you if that's a concern, if that's holding you back, that's no longer a concern. It shouldn't hold you back. So um, Code OHP is going to get you that discount. And then Go Wild. Uh, they're giving away that UAV. That's still open. Like you can do that by simply just being on go wild. So as long as you go sign up and if you're looking for more entries invite more people to the platform, you'll have a, a, your own unique invite code on your profile that you can share it with your friends, family, whoever. And if those people sign up, you get more entries into winning that, that badass UAV that's all branded out with their stuff. It's pretty cool. Um, and, and obviously their, their community is just strong. We talk about like no ego and hunting and anything hunter shaming. I just don't see any of that happening over there. So our mission dies when we go to that platform <laughs> because it doesn't, it's, it's not a problem worth it solving. Is, it is really a different environment. Like the community they built there is different than anything you can experience on any social media platform. Yeah. You can like post something and frame it as a question. And, uh, when you do that, you get a lot of pretty good response. I forget. I think I asked uh, a question over there last this week or last week about, uh, what the hell was the question? It doesn't matter. I asked a question. I got like 60 answers. There um, are actual answers, not like people say, from, yeah, because it's such a stupid question. Yeah, because otherwise, if you're on Facebook, you have to find the group and then you get shit on. And it's like, oh, you should have known that. I can't believe you didn't know that. But if you just ask Facebook like openly, you get your Aunt Susie, who's like, you know, uh, 82 years old and she thinks it's a typewriter and doesn't delete the words that she misspelled and like misspoke on and says, hi, honey, great to see you on TV. I love you. And you're like, no, I'm asking about how deer grow their antlers. Like, what do you, what's happening? So you won't get any of that, <laughs> you know? 
Um, well, unless you share your personal code and answer, Susie <laughs> goes ahead and shows yeah. But so anyway, and Code OHP over there because you can buy our hats on their platform. Um, sneaky way to get around things. We talked about with Half Rack last week. You can get a discount from Go Wild and you couldn't get it from us yet. Uh, but now you get 15% over there. Anyways, so that discount code is good for all of their products as well as the you know whatever you find on their platform. So good environment. Um, hi, Greg. Greg's at least watching us on YouTube. Hey, buddy. Doug Gliverveen. Evening, gents. Hello, sir. And uh, out on a limb, Nature's Voice Game Calls. Hello from West Virginia. And Drew, what's up, guys? My second favorite day of the week. Being the second day of the week. I forgot to turn on the call studio, too. I was distracted. I'm just yeah, get run. that up there in case some people got some yeah. good news to share. Derek was out scouting. When were you out? Sunday morning. Okay. Well, it turned into Sunday most of the yeah, your wife was like, go scout, and you're like, cool, I can do that? Because well, I saw you on Saturday. Yeah, we had gotten together and done some ice fishing. Matt Strym and Greg kind of invited us out, and that was a good time with the family. Um, fishing wasn't so hot, but we had a lot of fun. Ready to connect. <laughs> Click connect to show now. You are connected as the host. Welcome, host. My bad. You are now in the host room and can manage your callers from the call-in studio web interface. Audio recording <laughs> is on. Dual channel. All right. Thanks, Robot Tom. <laughs> Dual channel rocking. <laughs> we got it. If you want to call in, our phone lines are open. I'm not going to take calls yet. Just I'm just saying. Yeah. We, at some point, we can. So if you want to get in line, go nuts. Yeah, so I knew that uh, one of my son's classmates from last year, her and her mom had wanted to get together and do like a play date. Yep. And I had kind of assumed that we were just having them over to our house or whatever. So I was asking my wife about plans on Saturday night. Yeah. And she said, hey, I'm taking them over to, to their house. Both the kids, so you got time. Go, go, go do whatever. I just grabbed boots, chucked them in the car. I was like, I'm going scouting tomorrow. Woo! So uh, I got out in the woods and did some scouting, some walking, found a shed, which wasn't on the uh, wasn't on the agenda necessarily, but always take a shed when you can find one. Well, of course you would, unless you're in like a state that doesn't allow that, which we've heard that's like a thing before. Yeah, out west for sure. We wouldn't have that problem here in Wisconsin. No. I yeah. Greg just sent me a... I think it was an Instagram reel last night, and I don't want to misquote it, but uh, maybe you've seen this, or maybe somebody else has seen it. It was talking about sheds and, like, how, you know, you think you're going to go out and find these target bucks. All the guys, you know, got their cameras out. And yep. It was, like, an Auburn University study. I think he said they had, like, a 430-acre enclosed high-fence pen that they do all their studies for their deer herd, and they have all the cameras. They know how many deer are there, how many bucks. And over the course of like three years in looking for their antlers, they're only able to find 39% in a high fence enclosure. Oh my gosh. 39% of the antlers they know are there. And they have like college students here, grad students. Like, like canvassing the area. Canvassing the area and they found 39% grid where they know they are. It's like, how in the heck am I supposed to go out and find one out in the woods? That's crazy. But that was a good one, Greg. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, we have a caller. I'll bring I'll bring a caller now, and then we're gonna set the tone. We we have a, we do have a topic of discussion. Now. We're gonna talk about winter. I would you call it like late winter, early spring scouting? Yeah, most people call it spring scouting, but really any off season scouting. Off season, okay. All right, we'll bring him in. Uh, Michael Booth, you're live on the show. How's it going? We'll bring him in. Uh, Michael Booth, live on the show. Oh, we Hello. got we got your uh, yeah. I think you have us on speakerphone over there, Michael. Yeah, do you need me to take you off speaker? Yeah, back? we're getting feedback from that. Just take us off speaker if you can, and then we'll chat with you here. Okay, how's that? That's better. I don't hear myself, which how's is great. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> Pretty good. How you guys doing? Swell. Yeah, we're just drinking this Woodford Reserve right now, the double oaked. Oh, Woodford's, Woodford's on the on the agenda for the night on the board there. <laughs> yeah, it's tasty. It's smooth. It's good. We, we, I mean, I'm happy to drink the drop time, but I did this bourbon thing on Facebook, and I got like 11 bottles, so I'm just we'll working work my way, way through them. We'll yeah, work our way <laughs> <there>. <laughs> we can put a dent in that Maker's Mark 101. That's for sure. But yeah, what do you that got? Woodford's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. What are you drinking? Right now, I'm drinking Bush Light. We're getting ready to record here at about eight o'clock. So I just I was sitting here watching you guys, and I figured I'd call in. So I enjoy watching you. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. And where are you? What state are you in for the listeners? West Virginia. We're in Charleston. Cool. What's that song? West Virginia. <laughs> me Is that Country Roads? Country Roads. Yeah, that's gonna be stuck in my head. Yeah, Country Roads, take me home. <laughs> that's pretty cool. 
Yeah, West Virginia, uh, it's a little bit more hilly than it is here in Wisconsin, but Virginia proper didn't feel too different. I think the whitetails out there were smaller than the Wisconsin ones. Body-wise. Body-wise, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we've uh, we've been doing a little better with bigger bucks here, but they're definitely smaller than out there in Wisconsin, that's for sure. What are your, uh, what are your, what's your, like, uh, shed drop like out there? Like, ours mostly, like, right about this time, are probably dropping most of their mm-hmm. antlers, most of the bucks. Do they hold them later down by you? Yeah, we've seen them hold them later, normally. Um, we've still seen a couple bucks here recently, so um, it's it's probably not as soon as you guys. Yeah, I don't know when. I don't know. Like I'm not. I never find these sheds. We we're just talking. Derek was just talking about the study about like how this, these penned up deer they can't even find the damn antler sheds. So I find it to be interesting. It's demoralizing. <laughs> it makes me yeah, feel better about myself. Shed actually, been getting. Oh, go ahead. No, you're good. I was just saying shed hunting is becoming a big, bigger thing than what it used to be. Oh, it's wildly different. Well, it's, like a, it's something that a lot of people can participate in, like regardless of your either your disposition towards hunting or, or I don't know. Like it's just it's cool that so many people can participate in it. Oh, my gosh, what am I doing here? Anyway, I'm struggling with our camera. Michael, I apologize. <laughs> No, you're good. That'll look fun on the screen later. <laughs> just zooming in on stuff on Was accident. It actually oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, you can just see me pinching away there on stuff. But yeah, so how is your how is your hunting season? Are you doing any scouting, or what are you guys going to talk about on your podcast? And what is your podcast? I think I just asked you six questions. Well, tonight we're uh, we're focusing on turkey hunting, so we're getting ready to start spring gobbler season here in West Virginia. So. We're talking turkeys this evening with the NWTF regional director from uh, West Virginia here and southwestern Virginia. Cool. You have to ask him if he if he knows uh, the guys over at the O2 Ohio Outdoors podcast. Paul Campbell's one of the Midwest directors of BizDev or something, and uh, he's got a How to Hunt Turkeys podcast oh, okay. yeah. on, the, on the Sportsman's Empire Network. He's a good he's a good buddy of ours. I'm not gonna lie, I've been driving around after work on my way home. Checking for <laughs> checking for little black dots out in the fields because I'm getting excited for that too. I'll be here before we know it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good stuff, man. Well, thanks for calling. We're gonna yep. get uh, in uh, our topic for discussion tonight, and if anybody else wants to call in, we'll we'll park you in the queue and bring you in when we're ready. All right, thanks, guys, for taking the call. Appreciate yeah. it. We'll keep watching. Yeah, thanks yeah, for calling. Have a good one, Mike. You guys too. There we go. I might have hit uh, the button too soon. <laughs> you know, on radio shows when they just they cut people off, yeah. I, can, I could never be that person. Apparently, I just <laughs> I, maybe it's like the Midwest nice in me that I just can't. I feel like I just want to keep people on. I don't know the good point to just cut people off. <laughs> I think you do it right because <laughs> I mean, you just look like a huge jerk if you do it like the radio does it, man. They just but they just keep rolling, you know. All right, thanks, <laughs> and then done. Like they don't even know what the person said. Like, oh, are they going to respond? Oh, they love, they cut them off. Bob and Brian or whoever it is. I don't know, but no, I wanted to, so Derek, you, you, we talked about like, I don't know if I say the quote, right. Seeing the forest through the trees or the tree through the forest. If that quote goes both ways, I don't know. I'm probably saying it wrong, but I had this concept of like, see the tree stand through the trees <laughs> and in the vast North woods of the uh, Shimwanigan Nicolay national forest, which I hope I said it correct this time. Uh, I don't know how the hell you find and pick a spot. And and you do such a good job, I think, and maybe you're more humble uh, internally than my external viewpoint of you, but you can <laughs> distill things down. And I'll keep framing up and I'll let you run here. Essentially, you, uh, on this video I was watching that you put together that I haven't posted yet, you're talking about the direction of the tracks, the size of the tracks, the the direction of the bed and so far as which way the deer is facing, as far as wind. Uh, you're talking about the coloration of rubs on trees to discern when that rub was made versus someone like me. I'm like, oh, look, deer tracks. Hey, deer beds. I don't know if it's a doe bed or a buck bed. I don't know if there's tarsal glands or dew claws or I'm not paying attention to the, the direction of things. Uh, the rubs on trees, I'm like, oh, the brighter the rub, the fresher it is, the cooler it looks. Like that's a fresh deer sign. But in I spring, can. that has nothing to do with September, October, November. Like those time frames all have different 
like indicators that you can discern. So with that, like your uh, unique ability to distill a vast forest of information into something practically huntable or hunting practical. I just want you to unpack that a little bit, man. So <laughs> uh, Eric brought up an idea at the seeing the tree through the forest or whatever, you know, picking out something small amongst something vast. So uh, with the GoPro that uh, he, he gave me a few weeks ago, I kind of decided that we would put together some video footage of some scouting action. So I've got some places, always got places on the list that I want to go walk and check out and scout for the upcoming season. So the idea was I'm going to bring the GoPro and just my phone and kind of just talk about what I'm looking at um, and what I'm looking for out there. Not that I'm doing anything special, like so many guests on the podcast and people you talk to. It's just like years of studying it and reading and listening to other people who are much better at it than me and like taking what you can to make your own thing work. Um, but that's kind of the idea. So I think we're going to be trying to put out some videos um, just with a little bit maybe deeper dive than like the okay is okay. You found some rubs, hunt them. But like the next level, like to increase your game a little bit, maybe some things to think about. So that's kind of the focus of what we're trying to do this off season. So basically, I get to go scouting and call it work. So <laughs> so it works. It works great for me. Um, so the premise of what we did on Sunday is you I got speed a, scouted a little bit, right? Like that was yeah. Kinda... So I I went to an area that I found last year. Yep. Um, I scouted once in the summer. It was like a horrible, horrible day in the summer. It was like July. It was hotter than hell. Everything was wet, and I walked way too far coming off the wrong access point, and I, it was really a crappy day, but I finally found... Is that the day you came here and showered? Yeah. And I <laughs> okay. was so disgusting. I came here and showered okay. before the podcast. Um, but I found an area that I was interested in, and I had two cameras with me that day, and I hung them in like mid-July, and I came back and checked them in August, and I really didn't expect to see much. The sign I hung it on was like trails in thick areas that had buck sign on them, rubs, mm-hmm. old rubs. Usually, bucks aren't in the thick stuff in summer. Rubs, they're not going to be in there till you know, they shed their velvet. So I didn't have high hopes, but when I checked my cards, I had a whole bunch of really, really nice bucks on this public land <clears throat> walking through those spots. And a couple of them in daylight. And I was like, geez, maybe this is like actually their bedroom. Maybe they're spending time here all the time. So we hunted there. You came out there with me once yep. or twice. Um, I hunted there a few times, saw some bucks there, never saw the big ones. But the whole idea is I want to spend some time like breaking down that property. And I think you saw one that I would have considered big. There was a nice eight-pointer, a two-year-old that I saw. He came right underneath the tree stand, which was pretty awesome. I think I got some really crappy footage of it, but he literally came. Yeah, well, based on the angle, like I don't know how he could have got anything because the tree you picked (laughs) is not a tree I don't think a lot of people would have messed around with. No, I don't think so either. He even uh, told me to bring an extra stick, which I did. Which just, felt like a pain in the ass. And not for getting higher, but for being able to climb up it because you're going to need places to step. Um, but that tree, funny enough that you say that, I had an area like in some grass, brushy, red brush, that I figured this big deer was bedding <clears throat> just based on how he was coming into the woods on my trail camera. Um, actually, how he was leaving it, because I was getting his picture in the morning, mm-hmm. right at daybreak. He was heading out toward this brushy area. I knew it had to be close because in the mornings he's there right at light. So I figured he's not traveling far and there's some good cover out there. So I picked a tree where I could see that area. I didn't know that they were necessarily going to come past that tree, but I just mm-hmm. wanted to get eyes on them. So when I was walking in there, I cut a big trail cutting across this grassy stuff from that thicket. And I got to the edge of the woods and it looked, I got a video of this too. Jace has it. Maybe it'll show up in the show. I don't know. But uh, it's really thick buckthorn along the edge. And the trail goes in there, and it just looks super thick. I'm like, there's no way a buck's going in here with a big rack. Like, it's way too thick. He's going to go on a trail that's better. But, like, I took a couple steps down the trail, and I noticed a piece of buckthorn that was hanging over the trail that was scun. Like, the bark was ripped off in an upward motion, and there was, like, an eight-inch flap of bark hanging off. I was like, holy crap. Buck is using this trail. His rack, you know, that buckthorn limb came down. He pushed forward, scratched it up. So I hunted the tree right on the edge there, and that's the exact trail that buck came down. wasn't the big one, mm-hmm. but uh, it turned out that little eight-pointer, that nice two-year-old eight-pointer was bedded like 60 yards away. As soon as I got in my stand, I could hear him coughing. I was like, geez, I think there's a deer. And he stood up 30 minutes before dark, came right across, fed on some buckthorn, and then walked that trail right underneath that stand, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I don't think if I wouldn't have seen that little branch with that bark, I wasn't going to hunt there. Well, that's what I mean, but like you're... You're making something sound 
it's second nature for you to some degree. And I, I'm sure there's other hunters out there of your caliber that are like paying attention to sign that way where they're not, you're not taking it for granted, but it's almost like I remember being in college. I had a couple professors that were so smart that they couldn't dumb it down. I don't think you have that problem by the way. <laughs> and I don't mean that as a, a negative. It's not a, it's not a, Thank you. Uh, man, that sounded bad. Like I was calling you stupid, <laughs> but I meant to say like, you're good at distilling it down or like educating because you're a teacher. But the point being like, some people have a really hard time like, oh, I just know because I know. I just have this information. I'm like, I don't know what, how, like you're not helping me here. But I think in your case, like like the direction of the branch being bent up and you know that a, a larger deer with a bigger rack is going to be able to need to get through the space. I always wonder, elk, huge-ass whitetails, mule deer, like how are they getting through this stuff? Well, there's signs of that happening is what you're telling me. And oh, that's yeah. just one of the components you're breaking down when you're talking about this on this uh, YouTube thing we're going to put out. Um, yeah, and I think that's what helps me, like, sitting here talking about it is hard for me because I'm <laughs> such a visual person. Yeah. Like, if we're out in the woods, I can talk about a million things. I, know, I wish like, I could have came I with you. Yeah. see it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and we'll have to do that. We'll have to get out there. But it's it's hard to just kind of, like, make it up as you go. But uh, that, was, that was one of the parts of that area that really had me interested. So what I did on Sunday is I have never scouted the area that's to the south of that, which goes closer to some private land where they mm -hmm. have egg. So the whole idea was, I'm going to scout that southern part. Um, just A, to see what it's like, see if there's sign in there, if the, any of those bucks were going there toward those egg fields. And B, if the deer are feeding in there in the winter, there'll be lots of sign, and I'll be able to look for big tracks, see if the deer made it through, and potentially find a shed antler. So shed antler was last on the list. Um, mainly that'd just be a confirmation piece. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, what I've noticed in was Wisconsin, the public lands get really, really hard to find deer late season. The deer pretty much will go to wherever there's food source. Typically that's mm -hmm. not always on public. So Chandler hunting gets tough with that. That's but, a good uh, point. The idea was to, to look for more sign from the fall and figure out where this deer was coming through. So I went out there with the camera, and uh, I started just hitting the weird stuff, meaning there's parking lots on this public property along a main road. There's a couple lots, and then I just went, like, parallel to the road and hit pockets of brush where I thought no one would ever go. And, like, the first pocket right between two parking lots basically had a whole bunch of bucks on it already. It was like, hey, you know, they're, they're all over in here. They, they you classify that as, like, here. an overlooked spot. Could be. And I don't know that they're, you know, he's in there in daylight. Like, that's a place to hunt, but it's good to know that they call that area home. Well, if they occupy it in some capacity, that's intel that you can use to backtrack or, you know, I don't know, learn more about it. But I don't know. Just, I, I'm out in the woods and I see, I understand, you know, certain sign, you know, but I don't, I, what I'm still, where I'm still learning is like vegetation, stem count, like what deer like, don't like. I've learned to look at like the nibbling of the branches. They've been here. They're nibbling like browse, whatever you want to call it. I don't know what that does for like, like cool. There's been deer here. It doesn't do much for me. So when you're looking at like, how do I find bucks? If that's what I'm trying to do for me, I want some symmetry in this room. I wouldn't mind having <laughs> another deer, you know? Uh, so I, I have goals, I have aspirations, um, but I lack confidence in, in knowing what I know to be true about something. And the thing that I've expressed on other episodes before is like, in deer hunting, you could be dead right, and you never have the affirmation to tell you if you're right. So then you're always left wondering. And the times you are right, was I lucky or was I right? You know, that's that's the weird mental. And so, how do you build up this confidence that you? Oh no, this is this is the big buck, and this is where I should hunt him. Like, um, and that's what I think you're you're kind of doing here. I think I think it goes back to like just you know, lots and lots and lots of experience like trying to do this. So I was lucky because my dad has always been a hunter and mm -hmm. like really successful hunter up north. So like ever since I was little, I was always middle of the pack. My dad, whenever we would go scouting, go looking, whatever, he would lead the way. I'd go in the middle. Mom would tag along in the back. So I was like the middle of the train. <laughs> We'd go and like I just watched everything he did. And like he he's super successful. He still is successful. He's a great, great hunter. And like just watching what he did like really helped and then when trail cameras came along, so I got my first trail camera, I think when I was like 13. <clears throat> so I've been running trail cameras for a long, long time. Yeah, wow. Long time. And Because you're old as fuck now. Because I'm old as shit now. <laughs> old as dirt. Um, and I think what 
the evolution of me using trail cameras, like up north, it's really hard to have that confirmation because you can sit in the awesome spot, the best spot to kill that buck, and he might not come through for four days. Might not come through that spot. And you can hunt it for a whole weekend and never see anything. You're like, oh, I'm the worst. But when the advent of the trail camera came along, I got to like get confirmation mm-hmm. and confidence by just trying to get daylight pictures of bucks on my camera. And then once I got good at that, like figuring out where they would move in daylight, I was like, oh, these are the type of spots I need to be hunting. Whatever ones you're getting all dark pictures at, right? That's not a terrible spot to hunt. <laughs> They're <laughs> around. Loaded with sun yeah. Because he's not going through there in daylight. So you can hunt there all day. Every day. Never I heard it. you in the video talk about it, and I feel bad because I haven't seen this video yet, but, you know, like when, without a trail cam catching a buck in daylight hours, so to speak, I think that'll lead people down like, well, I'm not going to hunt until that happens, yep. or I'm only going to hunt this trail cam because it was validate the, yep. that validation piece, right? But you, you were even saying in the video, like, well, I, you were saying, like, I don't know that this is daylight movement, but maybe you had some assumptions that it was evening movement. Like, what would, excuse me, lead you to believe that? you know, by just viewing sign, is there any indications that like, you know, 60, 40%, like 60%, I'm, I'm, I'm 60 positive. This is like a daylight buck versus 40% not, or something like that. Like are there? Yeah. yeah I know what you're saying. Um, I think, uh, one of the spots that I found when I was scouting, I found it pretty early was like your classic spot that you would see in any hunting video from like the real tree, like this, there's this little ridge and it's bordered by this wet slough tall grass and it's a little bit thicker on the other side but mm-hmm. there's a waterway and then on the bottom side what's up sorry i had to interrupt you oh it's an important announcement penny gus how you doing guys <laughs> good to see you and also shout out to my mom who had rotator cuff surgery today hope you're feeling well mom um yeah gus he's got my shed antler that i found this week oh, he claimed see. it as soon as we walked that's in. great um but one of the spots <clears throat> Just had a, a rub line. I don't know if you got to see that video, but yep. I just walked, and there's probably like 40 rubs just in a row, walking right down the bottom edge yeah, of the Rub stretch. number 354 or something you it, said. It, it, was un, it was unbelievable. And there were scrapes in there, and it was just loaded with sign. And I think a lot of guys would figure out a place to hunt right there. Yeah, I, just, I would. But just where that was, no interest at all in hunting it. Like, just how I knew, the little bit I knew about that area was like, there's nowhere that they're laying right here where they're getting here in daylight this would be an excellent place for a trail camera to see what direction they're coming from and what time they're getting there. But I would not hunt there just because of the terrain, like where they're coming from. Just down the hill from there where it starts sloping off, you get into a bunch of thick grassier stuff like where you walk down. There's a bunch of red brush. And my dad will laugh if he's listening because we both know like if you ever find pockets of grassy, swale grass, red brush, which down southern, southeastern Wisconsin is pretty much everywhere on public. But, like, that's where the big ones always want to be, is in grassy areas. They'll bed there? Yeah, because there's no trees. So they don't get pestered by people hunting them. But on that nice ridge where all the rubs are, that's where people hunt. So why would they bed there? That's where people are. Mm. So they go to places that have shit trees like I put you in because they don't get bugged as much. No arrows coming at them. Yep. That's crazy. That's I wouldn't kind of think of that. Process. Like we think, cause I, I think I mean, this would be a really big joke. I think of myself as a stealthy hunter. I don't mean literally just us hunters think we're, we're stealthy. You know, we're scent controlled. We're camouflaged. We're quiet as can be. No noise silencing our gear. We think we're stealthy. We don't think the deer think we're there because we paid attention to entry and exit routes because we played the wind. But by golly, apparently the deer do know we're there. <laughs> <laughs> even when we think they don't, or even when they don't know we're there and we lob an arrow at them, we freaking miss. Now that deer's just been educated. And whether it was the guy before you that you never knew was there because it's public land and who knows who the hell is hunting when and where. It's anybody's game at any point in time. You know, I think that's a pretty strong and safe assumption to make to think like there's no trees, there's no hunters. That's the kind of stuff that like whitetail adrenaline gets at and hunts in like, was it North Dakota where they go? Where they're stalking through this grassy shit? Where are they finding those bucks? There's yeah. no trees anywhere. Oh, yeah. And, like, and in that case, like, that kind of terrain just leads itself to that. But still in areas where there's there's wooded areas and there are trees, like, sure, there'll be deer around, though. But those the bucks are never laying in the nice, easy, open spots. Like, mm-hmm. they're always in some little thick, high stem count. You keep saying that, right? Like, high stem count means just lots and lots of... So yeah, Bro. transition. Yeah, uh, tra- yeah, where there's like I've heard like uh, Zach Fairbow and Aaron Warbritton with Hunting Public talk about 
where all these things converge. If you have like an intersection of four different types of terrain, whether that's a terrain feature or like, you know, vegetation change, transition, hardwood to, you know, thick cover, creatures of the edge. There's just so much to effing think about, which is why, again, I go back to lacking confidence. I'm like, I've heard so, so much. It's like a fire hose that I don't know what to, what is the important thing anymore. Like when it's all important, nothing's important. And it's hard to discern. And when you're looking at it, you see this hot sign and you're thinking, oh yeah. I mean, the spot. This is the mother load. It looked amazing. You know? And I marked it as a trail cam spot for next year. Yeah. But I definitely, I don't think I, I mean, during the rut in a spot like that, you could probably get deer running through, but for most of the season, because most of the season is not the rut. Everybody hunts rut spots, but like they're good for like two weeks. <laughs> the season's three months long. You got to have other I've spots. I've only killed bucks during the rut, so like call me a rut hunter, I guess. Because no, that's okay. I that's the best time to do it, that's right? That's when but, I can capitalize, apparently. Oh, uh, the other stuff. I've not had, I don't think I've had any real good opportunities outside of that that I'm fully aware of. I think I've, a lot of the best action I've had, I've witnessed during the rut. I'm trying to actually think. These early seasons are miserable for me. I make the worst situation worse. I'm it's, sweated up. I'm swatting bugs. I'm frustrated. Eventually, I just go get breakfast and say, fuck it. And Early season sucks. <laughs> it really does. And I've not seen, I'm trying to think even last season, I was canoeing out to, to different properties on public. That six-pointer that I saw the first time I saw him, I thought he was a monster buck. I, I think I'm on camera saying that's a monster. I'm, like, shaking. I come to find out it was a six-pointer. I uh, think. <laughs> but I, I was like, that wasn't right. Yeah, and I had I had him figured out kind of. But not fully. I, I He was betting in some weird spot, and I... But fully, fully figured out is something that I also just don't see. Man, I watch a lot of, a lot of informative material from sources, YouTube and whatnot, and there are some well-known figures out there who are, like, so confident that this is what's happening. And I always just go, how in the heck can you be that sure? Because every time you think something's happening, it's really not happening like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I never feel like I know what's happening. I just have a good guess. Yeah. Well, I think, the, guess. I don't know, when I was a kid, I would, um, I would just spend my days in the woods. I would climb a tree and just sit there and watch wildlife for hours. Like, cool. for for hours. And I would pretend I was hunting and I would see all this stuff and I would just observe. I would go to a pond and I would just sit there and watch turtles. I wrote a book about turtles as a Did child. You really? That's awesome. Uh, which is not. Uh, you bring that in one day. We'll read yeah, it wasn't like a real book, but we took it to the local library and I think they put it on the shelf for us, like me and my buddy. I think we called the book Little Bubbles. Because <laughs> I don't know. It was like a so super. We were like, you know, fifth or sixth grade or something, like cool. young, young kids. But that observation, like, you just learn so much by having time outdoors and observing this stuff where that's where I think a lot of the affirmation and confidence can come from. Like I, I referenced Aaron Warburton and Zach Farenbaugh with Hunting Public. Like how much time do those guys put in the woods? There's a reason they're confident what they're talking about because they see so much activity. Whether it's huntable activity or not, they're just seeing deer in their natural element probably more than the average person. Oh, way more. You know, and I think back to being a kid, I remember just I'll use the turtles as an example. Like I knew everything that could possibly know about turtles because I just would sit there and watch. I was like a very geeky kid when it came to wildlife. I also know an odd amount about wolves. Uh, I don't, uh, yeah, it's a strange. Barley, what was his name? Barley Moa. Remember that guy? The, the, what book is that? Oh, guy I who went up and lived with, lived with wolves. I did. Well, I think I. Yeah, I've watched anything with a wolf in it. I've watched it probably. Um, yeah, it's like a weird obsession. Like their their hair is, is hollow, their fur is hollow. People know that. It's Insulated. like so insulative. Uh, they can run forty miles per hour up to like forty four miles per hour. They have an, uh, their do call actually move like a cat's does. They can chomp and eat bone. That's how they get most of their energy through the bone marrow. Like people are like oh pit bulls. I'm like yeah, well I don't see a pit bull literally eating a fucking bone. I so, think that's how you can tell, like, when you find their them. eyes are hazel. So if you ever watch a movie and you don't see hazel eyes, it's not a real wolf. Really? Yeah, yeah that's the stuff. It's good stuff. It's pretty strange. I know, like, up north, when you find, like, a deer kill, you can tell, like, if a coyote took it down, the bones won't be broken and crushed. Oh, yeah, you know you're right. I mean? Like, they'll yep. be gnawed, but you'll find some that are, like, shattered. Yeah, it's wolf, because they're getting the marrow out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of them. They're, so, they're very social animals, so, like, the, the, the pecking order and, and how they operate. They show it with their tail and all that's kind of fun. Uh, Tony uh, Cordero has a question I'll put up on the screen here. You mentioned... The hunting public guys, I think those guys are all phenomenal hunters. I'd love to do something with those guys, hunt yeah. with them. But like Zach Farenbaugh, man, 
super skilled guy to do what he does from the ground. But then, like, it gets to thinking, like, you mentioned the confidence aspect. Like, where does Zach spend all of his time? Not in a stand, looking at one thing. It's true. He's yeah. walking around. So he's, like, constantly, constantly learning, analyzing, and, like, figuring out where they could be. Yep. So that's all his hunting game is. So he's naturally, like, just progressing so much. I, well, I get, we'll get to Tony's season. question in a second here. But to, to that same point, I remember uh, I worked in IT for, like, uh, a whole career, basically. And early in my career in IT, like in 2008, 2010, somewhere in there, uh, a buddy that also worked at this company back then, we were like doing a lot with computers. And I remember him telling me how he learned about computers. He goes, once I realized I could break them and start and do a fresh install and just start from square one again, I would, I could do anything. It didn't matter anymore. I could, I could install this software and I could debug the whole thing and it would ruin this or ruin that or this would break. But I always had a place to go back and start again. And that's confidence. And that's deer hunting. Like the more you get out of your comfort zone and experiment and bust a deer out of its bed or, you know, have an, an issue where you make a mistake, that's where you're going to learn. That's where, that's where these, that confidence, confidence building is happening. That's where I'm getting most of my confidence. It's like, normally I'd stay in my bubble. Ah, I don't really know what I'm doing. So I'm just gonna put it in this tree here because it looks good. And it's not a field edge. And I think I, you know, all these people have a shot. But, you know, the moment I, I remember the, the year I literally stepped out into this marsh and walked through this nasty stuff and got to this, um, you know, oxbow and this bend in this river and into this thick, small trees. I don't know what they're called. A lot of those trees are on river banks. You know, I'm talking Some about kind of alders. Those yeah, ones kind of come out of an angle. Just I've never seen so many rubs in my entire life up to that point. And I was like, "This is the mother load." <laughs> I sat down <laughs> somewhere and I just, I just thought every time I heard a splash in the river, that buck was coming home, and I was going to shoot him at five yards. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. I didn't even know where I was. My phone died. My buddy thought I got lost. I almost did get lost. I couldn't see where I was going through the cattails. I just had to set off in a certain direction and hope to God that I would get somewhere meaningful. And uh, I was like, wow, I, for the first time, went out of my comfort zone. I tried something new, saw more sign I ever had seen in my entire life and started thinking about things differently. And and now I'm, you kind of hit these thresholds where you hit something where you're comfortable again and it's time to push on that envelope more. Go and break some stuff. Go kick a buck out of his bed if you yep. have to. You'll you'll gain more in, like what's the quote? The 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 years teach us more than the days ever knew. You know that'll be better for next year. You know, don't worry about getting that buck this season. If you can learn a little bit more, you're gonna play the chess game a little bit better if you know how to move the pieces. And that's a that's a great segue into what Tony just asked. Um, do you use cameras <clears throat> on bedding or treat it as more of a sanctuary? Um, I've tried it all, Tony. Uh, <laughs> Up north where bedding is really scarce and spread out and like you're in the big woods. I One of my favorite trail camera sets I ever had, and I know if my parents are listening, they already know what I'm talking about, but <clears throat> I found this awesome bed that was overlooking a lake back in the timber, and it had a huge rub in it, like really tall, big rub. I found it spring scouting, and I decided I'm putting a camera over this bed, and I'm not going to touch it all fall. I'm not going to touch it, and I'm just going to leave it and see what actually is using this. Because, like, in your brain, you're like, oh, my God, it's, like, this mega monster. And so I hung a camera in, like, June, June or July. I kayaked in across the lake, came up the super steep rocky part, <laughs> climbed up with my stick, like, in a spot where that deer couldn't really circle around the tree to smell the tree. Like, I just was so cautious. Hung my camera about, like, 12 feet up, looking down over this bed. No glow camera, so no flash, <clears throat> no red light. And I hung it there and <clears throat> I left it till like the end of November, I think. And what I found on it was pretty interesting. Um, I've got the pictures. We can post them up some at some point. They're pretty cool pictures. But all summer, bucks, little bucks and does use that bed. And October 6th, I want to say, <clears throat> is the first time a mature buck used it. This buck came in, walked around it, like groomed himself. And he laid down, and I mean, they're all daylight pictures because you bet in the daylight, so they're beautiful. He's sleeping. I got pictures of his head on the ground. His eyes are closed. But after that first day when he used it, no other deer was on that camera. So it was almost mm. like his scent was there, and like the other deer stayed away. But he came back, I think it was four days in October, and used that bed. And every single day, I looked up the wind, and it was east. It was west-southwest. Just that wind. That type of consistency. Four times these damn in October. <laughs> yeah, but you can't get to it on that wind. It's on the tip of a finger ridge that <laughs> overlooks the lake. And any west wind, no matter what way you come from, he's going to smell you or see you. <laughs> Got to get an Ozonics or something. I don't know. I don't know, man. But, uh, but it was really cool to see that, um, how it worked. So I've done that before uh, and left them. Like Eric was saying, the year 
I don't know how you say it. The year holds more knowledge than the day ever could. Or oh, the, the years teach us more than the days ever knew. Yeah, so that was like or a, something like that. I soak it and learn for the next year, right? Yeah. Um, what I do now a lot, um, I didn't run as many cameras this year as I normally do, but what I do now is if I find an area I think a buck may be bedding, I'll find the first place that I can hunt, like an exit trail that I think, and then right behind, just beyond where I can hunt, I'll hang a camera. So I'll only hang a camera and tight like that if I can check that camera and still get a hunt that day without leaving my scent in there. Does that make sense? So like if he's bedding in one area, <clears throat> the trail coming out that I think he's using, I'll find a spot that I can hunt, a mm -hmm. tree or whatever, and then I'll hang my camera somewhere before that tree so I can check the camera. Mm -hmm. If there's something on it, I can move forward so I don't have to like hunt over my own scent and still get a hunt in. I don't know if that makes sense, but... I think I'm tracking. I don't think other people are. I like there's something in my eye. Try not to like have my eyes water up. I'm not emotional over this, I promise. I mean, you can't be. It's okay. <laughs> Evan Williams says, hi. Hi, Evan. How you doing? Good to see you in here. Cody Jenkins with uh, Whitetail Legacy Podcast just jumped in to say awesome. that he can hear us. Thanks for helping us confirm. People couldn't hear our caller because I didn't do it the uh, right way. I was being lazy. Nobody could hear Mike. Yeah, but they'll hear him on podcast land and... So I feel bad for anyone watching live that they couldn't hear our caller. Um, but, yeah, we can. So <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah, it'll matter. If you, if you want to hear what Mike said, you're going to have to go listen to the actual podcast. <laughs> and if you're listening to the actual podcast, you have no idea what the hell I'm talking about because you heard everything that Michael said. So I'm, I'm trying to think. What, did, what were you talking about in the video with the tarsal gland? Oh, the buck beds. So yeah. when, there's, when there's snow, Eric pointed this out. Um when there's snow and you find beds in the snow up here in Wisconsin, um, it's like an out east thing. We'll watch that or learn that watching lots of tracking videos. But a buck bed will have staining where their rear legs are. So like what color staining? Like piss? Like yellow, yellow? brownish. And it's, I mean, as the season goes on, the bucks aren't really like redded up. So they're not necessarily like urinating on their tarsal glands as much. So it may not be as dark. But don't, they squat, so they don't pee on their legs, but bucks still will dribble on their tarsal glands. Yeah, sounds like a so, familiar problem. Yeah, a little dribble. <laughs> <laughs> We've all cleaned well, it. on the toilet. It's tarsal gland. <laughs> about it. That's how you know I live here. I've got a son. He's very useful. Yeah, he's, potty he's training a three-year-old right now. But yeah, yeah, you can see the staining on the snow. Crazy. So that's like the most... I've never, ever, ever heard someone tell me that. And, and if they had, I just didn't hear you, so I'm sorry. You can pick up the snow and smell it. But and smell like a buck. I, that has got to be the most confirming way to... Like, people talk about, like, oh, you know, it's a buck bed because it's a you know, bigger track or bigger, it's all by itself. Or if you get down and look in it, like, could someone kill you? I'm like, well, I don't fucking know. <laughs> you know? Deer die all the time, probably. Uh, but to say, look for the tarsal gland staining is a new one for me. That's, like, in addition to all the other stuff, too. Maybe yeah. you're not always going to see that. But if you do, it's like, oh, well, that's a buck bed. Well, how do you know that, Eric? Well, I'll tell you how I freaking know that. Derek told me. It's tarsal <laughs> gland. And, and it, is, it is glaringly obvious. That is one of the most affirming things I've yet to have ever heard in the deer woods. It's one of the kind. But now, now I'll still know to look for it. And but if you don't see it, then I'll still be confused. I don't know. I don't know if it's a buck or not. But There's I mean, no tarsal. Does, does that matter? Like that you find a buck bed now when you're scouting in the spring, like where he's laying? May not. Yeah. You know? They maybe shifted off to some other food source. and That's the other thing. This stuff's a moving again. target. It's a moving target. You're just like, you find all this intel. You're like, oh, I know it all. And then, no, I don't mean it in a, like a cocky. I just mean like now you finally got it figured out. And suddenly the target has moved. The bullseye has shifted. The goalpost is in a new field. They're not playing the home game this week, fellas. They're playing the away game. Yep. And that's in a different damn county. You didn't get the memo. <laughs> yeah. This is what the, the, the constant solving of the puzzle. When my wife is like, how do you, what is the deal? Like, it's a challenge. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, no, it's a, it's a, it's my wife said, well, two in the morning putting together a puzzle last night that she didn't finish. I saw the puzzle on the table. She has a problem. I have the same problem in a different category. <laughs> and this is the only way I can get her to relate. <laughs> I just want to put the freaking puzzle together. Every time I make it happen and put a deer down, I have done that puzzle. And, and guess what happened? You're going to do another puzzle because you love puzzles. Well, that was the puzzle I did last year. I don't care about that one anymore. I care about this one. And you think the puzzle will be similar. The game has changed. And it might be. Yeah. But it might be totally different. And some puzzles are harder. Some of them like are just all white. And there's no... It's like flipping it upside down. And doing yeah, it like <laughs> good luck. But you can do it. It's just harder. I feel like I'm always putting puzzle together that has no coloration. 
because I'm like, maybe I'm colorblind or something. You know, like just screwed. You're, you're colorblinded, dear. Yeah, Cody no. said so matters. Bo, hey Bo, happy birthday to you, buddy. Great yeah, content. Love yeah. the process. Try to kill these mature bucks. Yeah, he he understands. Oh yeah, he know, he understands it more than most. Um, I think that's that's funny that we we're talking about like building your puzzle because I think that's like the stages hunters go through. And anyone who's done this before, you can probably relate. Like, you get the one as a kid that fits like. You know, like there's like 10 pieces maybe. Oh, yeah. And they're like, they have a handle on it in the center. And it has an outline around it where it should go. <laughs> You're like, but it's hard if you've never done it before. Then they evolve. Okay. And uh, as you're evolving as a hunter, like, so you're you're going to pick up postseason scouting, right? I'm going to up my game, get get, get big buck next year. Yeah. So you go out and you scout all this sign. And you hunt that sign because you found it. It was hot. And you realize you're hunting last year's deer. Mm. So you don't have any luck, right? So it's like, oh, man, done that before. Done that for a long time. Hunt last year's sign, you know. It's but have you, ever, have you ever followed a gut pile to someone else's deer? Or I mean a gut pile, a blood trail to someone else's gut pile. <laughs> My dad oh, yeah. and I have done that twice. Oh, yeah. That we were tracking his deer. <laughs> nope, that was someone else's deer. <laughs> How, what a fucking letdown. Whoa, oh, look at the blood's getting real good. Look. Oh, that's... Uh, his guts fell out. <laughs> yeah, literally, I was like, well, that seems weird. <laughs> oh, man. It's gun hunting. It's different. Yeah, now I just want to go back. If you ever want to like, just fill your freeze, you just go back to that puzzle that you had as a kid. You know you can figure that one out. Just go do a meat hunt real quick. Kill, kill a doe or something. And it's still fun. Spike buck. It's still fun. I think spike bucks are dumber than young does. Just like young guys are just not mature. Oh, Women are sure. just smarter. You want to get a good deer in your freezer, you go kill that spike. The, uh, the first week of November. Yeah. I mean, they're just, their tongue's time. hanging out. Well, they know something's happening, but they don't know what it is, but they don't want to miss it. So yeah, like, this is exciting. <laughs> Am I showing up to the right party? What's going on here? Where'd everybody go? <laughs> <laughs> well, why is this guy coming at me? They're looking around like, where did everybody go? <laughs> Mom? <laughs> they're just running around like crazies. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Tony Cordero, betting is the most confusing part of scouting for me. Any other tips for determining buck versus doe betting? I'll put that on the screen so you can answer it. Um... <laughs> not much, not much I can say that hasn't been said in other, you know, in other resources. What I found to be true is a lot of times, um, the doe bedding will be really visual based, like because they have multiple deer, right? Like you'll so see is, a couple next to each other. This is stuff that I've heard. The social like confirm, yeah. They they'll bend somewhere where they can see a little ways, little knobs, points. Um, what I've always found is, man, the bucks are just in little overlooked pockets of something thick where people have not bothered them think about like dad life don't walk for a second i wonder you know the kids and the mom they're always together the kids need mom they're mom 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 a thousand times a day i'm in the same room sitting right next to her they don't say my name they want her they're always bunched together you know what i'm gonna go do you know what this is too much i'm gonna go find the the bathroom or i'm gonna go find that chair in the other room and just sit there quietly that's what the buck's doing yeah, I don't want to hear all these does talking. I don't want to deal with these kids that I gave, you know, seed to last season. I'm just going to go sit somewhere nice and quiet by myself. Is that is that the buck? That's exactly the buck. I don't know. That's exactly just the buck. Just a male feature. And the older they are, the, the more they want to be alone, right? Be antisocial. The more the buck wants yeah, to be alone. Yeah, because they, ba- they, they bachelor up, and they're all friends for a while, and then eventually they're not. I did a meme about this a while back. I can't remember which movie clip I chose, but it was pretty funny. I think, uh, like, Tony, I know you've got a property, I believe, your own that you hunt, um, that you, like, host some squirrel hunts on and stuff, and I think that's where it gets, like, really tough, is I can go out on the public and, like, scout as many properties. I think we did an article about this last year, but, like, I can scout as many properties as I want until I find the opportune bedding area that I think a big one Mm. is using. As a private land guy, if you don't have that, you got to kind of you, build that habitat. You, yeah, you you know, it's... it's, it's That's like, a whole different challenge. Big. I got uh, my buddy up north, Dave, where I was just at his place. He's got um, he's got a couple different tracks of land that he's purchased now. And he's doing, like, logging, and he's doing a lot of research on creating, like, really strong habitat and trying to cultivate good bucks coming in. And he's playing a totally different game, habitat management. Oh, yeah. And he he's like, that's his new puzzle. 
He's like, yeah, the other stuff is great. I get it. But this is a whole different game and it has its own unique set of challenges. And the more I, and he's like, and he loves doing the work. He loves going with a chainsaw. It's like this whole different process. It's not finding habitat. It's creating. Yeah, yeah, habitat, yeah. If right? I said finding, I mean to see that. But yeah, that's, so that's interesting. You consider like, oh, the private land, blah, blah, blah. But again, that's ripe with its own challenges. Absolutely. And it's a different game you're playing because if the property doesn't hold them, you got to figure out how to bring them in. And you get to, you get to, you know, play these other levers. Like if I plant alfalfa. Do they like that? Shit, no, they didn't like it this season. Let's try something else. You know, it's it, it, all of it's just so fun. If you ever want to go down that rabbit hole, I think it's really interesting. Uh, there's a guy that I met years ago. His name is Bobby Kendall, really okay. good hunter. He's from upstate New York. Um, was a musician. Now has a uh, company called the Whitetail Group. Okay. He's working with Lee Lukoski right now, and uh, a guy named Oh God, what's his name? A it's gentleman. Okay. A gentleman from. Uh, it's like a rant, land guys or like deer realty or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And this Bobby has killed some really big deer on some farms in Illinois. And what they'll he'll, what he'll do is they'll buy properties or they'll come to your property and they will manipulate that property into the most desirable, perfect, like the yeah. most perfect whitetail property it can be. Like whatever potential it has, they will they'll change everything. And it's like wild how they think. Oh yeah, he's bringing out like excavators out. Oh, he's oh, moving earth. He's chopping trees. They're making he's, like banks. Yeah. And, yeah. Like so, deer can. He's making like, soft oh. edges. He's cutting trees and making soft edges for transition. I'm like, this have is... you seen that? Have you watched that stuff? No, but I'm telling my buddy's oh, doing buddy. this stuff. So Same I wonder stuff. if he's followed this guy because he's yeah, talking about somebody wild, that he's man. been watching because he's just like a totally different, yeah, it's a different game mindset. Yeah, and actually talking to him and seeing him light up because I've seen light up about just mobile hunting and in public when he lived down here. He's an up north guy, so he didn't ever want to like be down here down here for his wife's schooling. She's a dentist. And then they moved back up, and now he's doing this whole other thing. And it's just, it's pretty cool. Um, I don't know. It's fun to learn. It's endless. You're never going to learn enough. Stay humble. Like, recognize everyone's at a different place. And we're all, like, I'm just, I'm, you know, some years, some years I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go back to that kid puzzle because I don't feel like dealing with the drama of these challenges, this, this big one right now. I'm too frustrated. And I would rather be happy. So, you know what? I'll, I'll settle for this or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't care. It's like my wife's puzzle. I would never do that damn puzzle. I just, I'll help her for like three seconds. I don't get any peace. I'm like, nope, I'm out. This is a waste of my time. <laughs> and that's the beauty of what you've created here though, Eric, is like, it doesn't matter what puzzle you want to choose. Cause it's, it's subjective. Like the, it's yep. your tag, right? So like, as long as you don't get your yep. panties in a bundle over how that guy does it. Yep. Just everybody has their reasons. Do, yeah. what, do what makes you happy. Happiness is that. Yeah. That's why we do this, right? It's, You're right. it's supposed to be fun. And then apply the golden rule. Treat others how you would like to be treated. I don't know. It's that simple. I don't know. We had a the drama of the space. They had I had one of the more dr uh, dramatizing. That's not a word. Dramatic scenarios I've seen so far doing this, and I make a, a point to like fight our mission and show up, and we get tagged and stuff. So I like oh, I'm gonna try to deal with this, and I I always think it's an opportunity to exercise and practice being diplomatic and stoic and being the exemplar rather than like going blow for blow. And this guy challenged me. And in a way that I was like, I'm about to take the gloves off. <laughs> but I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't. I got to uphold myself to these. It takes a lot for you. You're very patient and very good about it. So it's really hard. I one. appreciate that about you. I even told the guy to call me. I'm like, look, man, a lot gets, lo a lot, a lot gets lost in tone and typing and texting and whatever. If you want to just call and like chat this out a little bit, I'm happy you never did. So he was hell bent on just being right. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't care about, I don't want to be right. I just want to like, I don't know. It was very strange, but they were pretty mean to a fellow hunter. In a pretty nasty, aggressive way. and uh, Is this the recent? Yeah, yeah. Just calling people crybabies, cry grow a pair, buck shaming is not real. You guys are the, you know, you guys are, uh, what do you call it? What's what's it? There's like a term for it. I don't know. doesn't matter, but it's ridiculous. I'm off topic. Uh, Evan said lots of times you'll see doe beds in circular fashion. I just missed what Derek said, so probably mentioned that. No, I don't think he did. Um, That's definitely relating to like, the visual, right? Yeah. Circular You're fashion. Right. They're looking different directions because they're yeah. kind of like geese. Right? There's always some goose looking out for yeah. other goose. Geese. Don't mess with geese. Man. They're like the mafia of the animal kingdom. If I if I could, someone could just do like a clip of geese and like put sopranos over it, that would make <laughs> me very happy to see that. So if anyone listening has some real talent, <laughs> that would be my favorite video to watch. And now uh, you get out of here. Yeah, I'll whack ya. You see, I'm probably not doing a good job. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I didn't watch the Sopranos. I, I didn't either, but they're like pretty mafia, right? Oh, like, yeah, they're like the yeah, badass. Yeah. Guys. I just think the geese are the mafia. <laughs> Freaking geese. A couple announcements. Uh, I'll just jump on. Um, 
Zach Church said he's coming. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on, but I pre-ordered a Latitude saddle sticks. Oh, rock on. Sweet. Sweet. Good Hopefully deal. you used the code and got a discount. Yeah, I don't know if the discount, it just got refreshed. Oh, yeah, you said with the new year. something. New year, it. It, it is working again now. I think for now it's still only on accessories. That'll probably change. Um, but that's good to know. Like, how cool is that? I'll have to share that with those guys, Zach. Thank you. Announcements, though. Um, Iowa Deer Classic. We're getting ready for it. By we, Greg is helping build a booth again this year. Yeah, Greg. So if you see the booth and you like it, make sure you give him a compliment because it's going to be all him. I'll be his bitch and uh, grab tools and hand him whatever he wants. Probably just try to feed him beer. Beers. And uh, so Iowa Deer Classic, March 3rd to the 5th at the Iowa Convention Center. And I think it's Des Moines. It's like a five-hour drive from where we're at. We're renting a trailer this Damn. time. I'm super excited. Yeah, me too. And then the Dells is the end of March. That's the 24th to the 26th, that Friday through the through the weekend there at the Kalahari Resort. We'll be there again. We have a bigger booth. So we're bringing hoodies this time around. We didn't do that last year. We're doing a lot of preparation around that right now. It's, very, it's a lot to, to manage. We're bringing, hopefully, our gun sleeves if we get them in time, if they get off the boat. And uh, grunt tubes from Weathered Oaks that are ours now. We have uh, super sweet. Yeah, in fact, he's really he said he's jealous of the wood we have for us because he wanted them for himself because it's so cool, it's like the coloration. Wood. Very good wood. Uh, yeah, new hat colors, a new hat design, and we'll have lots of stickers per usual. So we're not we're not going to podcast there. Other announcement: uh, I'm expecting we're going to have our our OKS Hunter video show season, the documentary thing that we talked about for a lot of times. So you haven't heard me talk about this yet. It's a mockumentary style. It's our hunting season. We do interviews. Our wives are talking shit about us. We're in our houses doing our thing. Uh, we're hunting all that stuff. I anticipate the sizzle reel going out tomorrow, Wednesday. And I anticipate the first episode dropping on Friday this week. What is the date of that? Today is the 7th, so 8th. That's the 10th. I can't do math. That should be awesome. The 10th. So Friday, keep an eye out for that. We'll post on our social. We'll put on our email. And then uh, I think I'd mentioned the OKS Fisher podcast has launched. So we have some new album cover artwork coming for that. We're going to, we have one more podcast on the, um, on the, What's the word I'm looking for? On deck. Ready. To, it's coming up next. So that one should be live by March. So we officially now are part of the OKS Podcast Network. Woo! Which, thank you. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is the... OKS oh. Hunter. Yeah, so uh, we'll have OKS Hunter, OKS Fisher, and I'm not going to say the name of the new one yet, but just, you know, stay tuned. There's more. And all of the podcast cover art is going to look and feel the same, although it'll be a little bit different. I'm making posters of those, so I can't talk because my nose is all stuffed up. But the poster you see behind me, I'll put it on my screen here. This is the only one of this poster that exists right now, but we're going to make more of these so you can buy them and you can hang them up or whatever. So, okay, Sunder Fisher and the other one. <sighs> Did I get everything I wanted to talk about in there? I think so. My deer uh, mount is coming along. Oh, really? The hide is getting dried. I was talking to the guy that's doing it. I have to pick out the, how I want him to look. Sweet. And that'll be coming together. So once that happens, I'll go over there and film a little of that, that process of cool. uh, the deer mount coming together. Um, I'm hoping to get mine. I got a call on Sunday. I'm yeah. I'm going to scout. Yeah. And mine is all done. That's so to bring yours I, to the trade show and hang it up then. Yeah. So that buck I got down in Illinois with my buddy Bo, um, mm-hmm. which there is a video of it. Go, uh, Bo did an awesome job with editing and taking GoPro video of the recovery. Um, he's got that up on his Ghost Bucks hunting channel on YouTube. If yep. you haven't checked out Ghost Bucks, go show Bo some love. He does an awesome job on that channel. But uh, the buck I shot there in November um, will be at the Iowa show. We'll bring him yeah, with. okay, so, good. Be That'll cool. be exciting. I don't know if I'll have mine in time for that. I, it would be cool if I did. But um, Yeah, I think that's all I can announce for now that I have other than uh, like – I have I have been trying to do a series of YouTube videos of things I've learned the hard way because I don't know how else to teach people shit because I'm not really credible. <laughs> like, You're credible for shit you learned the hard way. Yeah, so I'm trying to share that. So there's that Derek seeing the the tree stand through the trees kind of uh, distillation uh, stuff that'll be coming uh, very very soon here. So yeah, YouTube will be a big focus for us this year. It's starting to be uh, with the show that we're launching to the mockumentary. Uh, my goal will be to get that on Carbon TV also, although I've never done that before. I don't know what that process looks like, so I don't know when that will or won't happen, or even if it will at all. Um, I think they need to review it first, so we're just going to roll it out to YouTube regardless, and if it ever makes out its way out to Carbon TV, cool. That's neat. 
but yeah, okay, it's podcast network, YouTube stuff, new products, new merch, we'll see new hoodies. Like we're bringing a blaze orange hoodie for the first time ever. It says shoot deer in black on it with the antler. Heck yeah. Uh, I think the sample is going to come to my house this week sometime. So I'm excited to see what that looks like. Sport tech is like the type of hoodie. So it's that like really light fabric. Awesome. Yeah. I'm excited about it. There's just, it's, you know, thanks everybody that continues to listen every week and message us and participate and say hi to us when they see us out on the trailhead or, for real? you know, whatever. Uh, it's exciting stuff. And thanks for, for, for tuning in. I'll play some what is music. Oops. That's a swear word button. <laughs> yeah. We'll just roll that out. You got any parting thoughts, Derek? I don't know. You got stuff to say. Um, yeah, the only thing I have to say is with hopefully the new YouTube scouting series coming out here that I'm working on, it's on public ground in Wisconsin. Everything that we're on is super heavily hunted. If you recognize the area, reach out to me. <laughs> like, I'm not like, whatever. I'll share information. Like, let's work together. That's what public land should be. So I won't be uh, upset about it. Like, literally, let's connect if you recognize the area. Like, we met some people, some good people yep. on some different public lands this year. Like, yeah, hopefully hopefully it helps, and hopefully uh, we meet some good people doing it. Do you think, well, you'll ever do a piece that you'll feel comfortable sharing, like, maps to I help have, understand what you're doing more? I think I'd love to tie in some maps for like sure. Like, Spartan Forge has the web app now. We could... I would love to do that, and especially, like, the area that I found the shed in. Yeah. I think is super cool, like, to show on a map because it doesn't look like shit. Yeah, but just like to show. When you get in there, it looks super cool. Like I'd love yeah. to kind of show how it laid out. So um, we're trying to go in-depth and do what we can to just kind of break it down. Yeah, well, I am excited about it. Um, so lots happening. Subscribe to our YouTube. Uh, shameless ass. Like, I'll just freaking straight out ask. Go, go subscribe, please. And help us get to, I don't know, we're, we passed the 1,000 threshold, 1, which is what I was trying to do. So thanks for everyone that has been jumping in there. But I think that's all I have. Well, uh. Let the music roll out here. You guys have a good week. Enjoy. Adios.